welcome to Palmdale United Methodist Church's 2020 Bright Sunday Worship. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, you who are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So it was 16 years ago, in 2004, and I was having lunch with a United Methodist colleague of mine in Honolulu. And it was the same week. Holy Week had just finished, and we were sharing with each other how the congregation services went at the churches that we were serving. And Easter had been fabulous, and, and my friend said that now he was gearing up for Bright Sunday. And I said, Bright Sunday? What is that? I'd never heard of it before. He, he then proceeded to tell me that Bright Sunday is a tradition in the Eastern Orthodox Church, and how a friend of his, who's an Episcopal priest in California, had adopted it as a part of his yearly calendar. Bright Sunday, he said, is, is a Sunday for laughter. Its theological origins lie in the fact that Easter is the ultimate joke on evil, that is. That evil and sin thought they had won when, when Jesus was crucified and his death, he was done. But then three days later, surprise, Jesus wasn't dead anymore, he was alive. This Reverend Friend cartoon sums it up quite nicely. All the demons are partying down in hell when suddenly on the grave cam a stone is being rolled away and everyone shouts hallelujah. Plus there's the indisputable fact that the Sunday after Easter is one of the least attended worship services of the entire year. Now, I'm not sure if it's also one of the least streamed worship services of the year. Those figures aren't in yet, but... Anyway, all this to say that those of you that have tuned in today, you're in for a treat. Bright Sunday has become one of my favorite services in the entire year. And instead of a traditional sermon, today I'm going to spend the entire time sharing the gift of laughter. Hopefully you'll find at least a couple of things that I share today funny and uh, get a couple laughs. Now normally I start each Bright Sunday with comics from Reverend Fun. Uh, But 2020 has been a year like none other. So i got to talk about the COVID-19 coronavirus. Now, granted, it is not a laughing matter, especially because it's affecting so many people and so many have also died. But laughter is healing and healthy. So we're going to laugh at some of the shared experiences that the virus has given us together. Here are a few memes and Twitter posts surrounding our new normal. Uh, Make sure you have your antivirus mask on when you go outside now. It's mandatory here in the Antelope Valley. Not sure about where you are living. Uh, This one says, your grandparents were called to war. You're being called to sit on your couch. You can do this, right? Nothing like a little bit of perspective. Uh, Anyone else getting three weeks to the gallon at this moment? And it's not just because the gas prices are so low, right? Uh, The Nashville Inquisitor breaks the story. The five-second rule is being shortened to three seconds amidst growing health concerns. I don't know. I'm still old school. Ten seconds work for me. Uh, And basically, this is what everyone uh, whose work meetings and social gatherings look like now. I guess the Brady Bunch were ahead of their time. They were Zooming before we even knew what Zooming was. Health tip. Spread chili pepper on your hands. It does nothing against viruses, but you learn really fast not to touch your face. Three weeks of homeschooling my seven, nine, and 12-year-olds went surprisingly well. They have all graduated high school and are now ready to move out and get jobs when the quarantine is over. Can I get an amen from all the parents out there? Yes. How am I doing? Well, I just wiped down the container of Lysol wipes 
with a Lysol wipe. So I'm fine, everything's fine. Day two without sports, found a young lady sitting on my couch yesterday. Apparently, she's my wife. She seems nice. In an unsettling reversal of my teenage years, I am now yelling at my parents for going out. Yeah. Well, the virus has changed the way that many of us have been planning worship for the church. Uh, shall we use Breathe On Me, Breath of God as a hymn this Sunday? Uh, no, no. How about Precious Lord, Take My Hand? Nope. Uh, just a closer walk with me? Nope. Gather us in or close to thee? Nope and nope. Uh, potentially acceptable hymns moving forward will be uh, Wash, O God, Our Sons and Daughters, as long as you sing for at least 20 seconds. Uh, Jesus walked the lonesome valley. I come to the garden alone, emphasis on alone, or trust and obey. Hashtag just stay home. My friend Wesley Elmore is a United Methodist pastor up at Ridgecrest. Uh, California, and I asked a few of my clergy friends on Facebook to share a funny ministry story that they might have had over the years. Here's Wesley's true story from when he served as a pastor on the island of Kauai. So there I was in the first floor hospital lobby of the Wilcox Hospital on Kauai, visiting with a family before we went back upstairs to see their loved one in their hospital room. As we were talking, there was a loud kathunk coming from the direction of the elevator. We both paused and stared, but returned to our conversation until a few seconds later, those elevator doors opened up and out walked a man leading his horse. We just stared. A few seconds after that, the other elevator opened and out walked one of the hospital security guards. We all stared at him and said, he went that away, pointing in the direction of the horse. Kids are funny. Anyone with children or grandchildren will know that they sometimes say the most wonderful things. Like these comments on angels. Gregory, age five, says, I know, only know the names of two angels, Hark and Harold. Henry, age eight, says, my guardian angel helps him with math, but he's not very good at science. Six-year-old Jack knows that angels don't eat, but they do drink milk from holy cows. Sarah, another six-year-old, says, angels have a lot to do, and they keep very busy. If you lose a tooth, an angel comes in through your window and leaves money under your pillow. Then when it gets cold, angels go south for the winter. And finally, eight-year-old Jared comments, angels live in cloud houses made by God and his son, who's a very good carpenter. Touche, Jared, touche. Here are some more memes that have some church-related COVID-19 context. Uh, you know that famous painting in the Sistine Chapel? Well, I heard that the Vatican has updated it a few weeks ago, you know, to make it a little more relevant. Uh, or this, on the night of his arrest, Jesus gathered at the table with his disciples in an upper Zoom. Now, here's a chart about the coronavirus cases in various countries, including total cases, new cases, total deaths, and new deaths. And I want you to pay attention to Finland, right? And the number of new deaths reported. And if you can't quite read it, it says minus one. This meme says, uh, yep, Jesus must be celebrating Easter in Finland this year. Speaking of Easter, 
As I recall, the first Easter was just Jesus and Mary Magdalene, according to the Gospel of John. That's true. And he told her not to touch him. Hashtag social distance Easter. Well, here's one of my favorite Bright Sunday jokes. Up uh, at heaven, St. Peter decided to take a day off. I mean, even saints need to go fishing every now and then. So Jesus, being the wonderful servant that he is, offered to keep an eye on the pearly gates. And before he left, Peter told Jesus that he always likes to find out a little bit about the people uh, when they arrive in heaven. And then along with seeing whether they're written in the book of life, that helps him decide whether or not he should let a person in. Well, Jesus is having a great time at the, at the front gates. He's really enjoying seeing people's reactions when he uh, opens the door and says, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of my father. Well, after three or four hours, however, Jesus sees this little old man with white hair approaching. And he's looking very familiar to Jesus. And so Jesus asks the old man to tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, says the old man, I had a very sad life. I was a carpenter. And I had a son whom I lost at a relatively young age. And although he wasn't my uh, biological child, I loved him dearly. And now Jesus is starting to, to be overcome with emotion, so much so that he can't contain it any longer. And he throws his arms open wide and, and over to the old man. He says, Daddy. And the old man says, Pinocchio. Author Robert Fulgram used to be an ordained minister. In his book, Uh-Oh, Observations from Both Sides of the Refrigerator Door, he tells this true story. He writes, The first funeral service I ever performed, well, let's just say it left a bad taste in my mouth. It was my first year of ministry. I was 24 years old. I knew it all. I didn't need to ask advice from anybody about anything, which is why I so easily agreed to help a lady scatter the ashes of her husband from an airplane over Bellingham Bay, Washington, right? No problem. Go up in the plane, open the door, pour out the ashes, say a few comforting words about death, go home. Simple. Now, the pilot assumed I knew what I was doing. The widow assumed I knew what I was doing, and I was certain that I knew what I was doing. So up we went. I, I even wore my brand-new black clerical gown for the occasion. Well, over the middle of the bay, at about 5,000 feet elevation, the pilot held the cockpit door open. So I took uh, the top off of what looked like a two-quart ice cream container, and then I poured the ashes out the door. The slipstream, however, poured the ashes right back into the door, filling the cockpit with the final dust of Harry, the deceased husband, covering the widow, the pilot, and me. The results of intensive cremation, he writes, are kind of like flour. Clean flour, though, purified by fire, which is why you wouldn't be harmed if you happen to get a little of it or a lot of it in your mouth and nose, which I did and which the pilot did and which the widow did. The conventions of behavior are not clear in these circumstances. You're not, you're not really sure if spitting or blowing your nose is respectful for the deceased, so we just flew back to the airfield in silence. There's really not a, a lot to say at such times. The situation was not covered in seminary training, but I can now add a practical paragraph to the minister's manual. <clears throat> if the ashes of the deceased are blown back into the cockpit, return to the airport and borrow a vacuum cleaner from the airport janitor and vacuum the deceased from the plane. Note, it is very important first to put a clean bag into the vacuum cleaner, something you may forget to do in your haste. 
Well, the widow was nice and calm and cool about the whole thing. And she said to me, this will be um, funny someday, she said. And she drove off alone in her car with Harry's ashes in her bag, in the vacuum cleaner bag. I do wonder at times what, uh, what else was with him in that vacuum cleaner bag and what happened when they poured Harry out the next time. A few more COVID memes and tweets. Just back from the cruise, had a great time. I've washed my hands so much due to COVID-19 that my exam notes from 1995 just resurfaced. And to all my fellow Princess Bride fans, quarantine. Quarantine is what keeps us from being together today. I mean, you might even say it's an unblessed arrangement. Day 12 of quarantine, got bored, filled the dog with helium. Kids, please don't try this at home. Uh, meanwhile, inside the fridge, even the condiments are wearing a mask and keeping their social distance from corona. Uh, when we come out of this, a person writes, and I ask you where you want to eat, I do not want to hear, I don't know. You will have had 45 days. And have you seen the latest Where's Waldo book? This is the social distancing edition. It's fabulous, right? Okay, somewhere on the beach is Waldo. I'm not sure if you'll be able to see him or not. All right, I'm going to move on to the next one. Here he is uh, in a downtown big city somewhere. Yep. And then finally, Waldo at a park. I know, I can never find him in these books either. Uh, during this time of coronavirus, coronavirus pandemic, many of us, myself included, are missing our sports programming. This is Nick Heath. He's an English rugby commentator. And like all of the sports in the United States, English sports have also been shut down. So what's a guy supposed to do? Well, when you're a commentator, you start commentating on other things you find in your hometown. He happens to live in the English city of Tooting. Like the dogging championships. Well, you join me live for what I've been told is the Tooting dogging final. And these two, Vanilla and Chocolate, uh, doing really well here. Vanilla just over the hillock in the distance. Chocolate in hot pursuit. There's been some lovely footwork. And there it is again from Vanilla. That's excellent. The Spaniel now out in front. And that's confused the hell out of it. Doesn't know where it is. Twisting and turning. This Vanilla is such a worthy champion. Scampering away. Are we going to get a second lap? It's just beginning to build up. No, no. She breaks it off just as quickly as she started it. Spaniel all at sixes and sevens. Quick whittle after that one, I should think. Lovely. Or the synchronized walking. Which is why I didn't marry her. Anyway, Pat Davidson here, along with husband Phil, and what a privilege this is, the annual Easter weekend tooting synchro walk, the duck egg hoodie, a lovely nod to the time of year. Of course, they won in Helsinki last year to make it six in a row, so why not seven? It's their bond, their longevity that makes them such winners, and they make it look so easy. Phil navigating beautifully as they cruise past Morley's. There's a sail on. When isn't there? <laughs> This next true story comes from the book Chicken Soup for the Christian Soul. A British school teacher was looking for rooms in Switzerland where she would soon be teaching. After enlisting the help of a new schoolmaster, she soon found an acceptable room and returned to London for her belongings. It was at that time that she realized she hadn't noticed a bathroom, or as the British refer to it, a water closet. So she wrote to the schoolmaster and asked if there was a, a WC in or near the apartment that she had selected. 
Well, the schoolmaster, who wasn't familiar with the British expression, was puzzled by what a WC might mean. I mean, he never dreamed it could be a bathroom. And this was pre-internet, so no Googling was available to him. He finally asked, sought the advice of a parish priest. Together, they concluded she must mean a wayside chapel. Well, the lady received the following letter a few days later. Dear Madam, the WC is located nine miles from the house in the heart of a beautiful grove of trees. It will seat 150 people at one time and is open on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sunday. Some people bring their lunch and make a day of it. On Thursdays, there is an organ accompaniment. The acoustics are very good. The slightest sound can be heard by everyone. It may interest you to know that my daughter met her husband at this very same WC. We are now in the process of taking donations to help purchase plush seating. We feel that this is a long-felt need, and the present seats, well, they have holes in them. My wife, being rather delicate, hasn't been able to attend regularly. Unfortunately, it has been six months since she last went. Naturally, it pains her not to be able to go more often. I will now close with the desire to accommodate you in every way possible and will happy, be happy to, see, to save you a seat either down front or near the door if you prefer. Speaking of which, we all know that toilet paper has been one of the most sought-out commodities during this quarantine period. So here are a few uh, memes and tweets surrounding that touchy subject. <clears throat> Back in my day, there was so much toilet paper, people used to literally string it up on trees of their enemies. Hey, I got this big roll of toilet paper as a gag gift for Christmas. <laughs> Who's laughing now? And here's some uh, commemorative jewelry to always remember 2020. Just roll with it, right? Every time I finish a roll of toilet paper, it feels like a petal falling off the enchanted rose in Beauty and the Beast. The Scooby-Doo gang uh, says, let's see who's really behind this coronavirus. <gasps> the Charmin Bear! And you know what the next line would be, right? And I would have gotten away with it too if it wasn't for you pesky kids and your mangy mutt. Earn all you can, save all you can, give all you can. John Wesley's three rules for toilet paper. Andy Maddock is the lead pastor at Simi Valley United Methodist Church, and here's his funny clergy story. My name is Andy Maddock. I'm the lead pastor at Simi Valley United Methodist Church. And in my 20th year of ministry, I'm always drawn back to a story from my first year when I was a student local pastor in Desert Hot Springs, California. And we had a scouting Sunday in February. And we had a local scouting coordinator who brought Boy Scouts to our church uh, so that they might participate in worship and be recognized by our little uh, congregation out there in the desert. And we gave them all sorts of tasks to do for the worship service. Some were going to process in and serve as acolytes and ushers. And we had a few choice boys that were chosen to participate as our liturgists and to read scripture and our call to worship for that morning. Call to worship went swimmingly. Unison prayer went fine. And then it came time for the gospel reading. And I was preaching on the Sermon on the Plain from the Gospel of Luke that morning. And that young man brought his home Bible and he stood there in front of the people of that church. And he looked down and he said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who hungry now, for you will be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you and they exclude you. 
revile you and defame you. And on account of the Son of Man, rejoice in that day and leap for joy. And for surely your reward is great in heaven, for that is what their ancestors did to the prophets. But, and you could have driven a semi-truck through the pause that this young man took looking down at one three-letter word, uh, those of us that are familiar with this passage from Luke know that Jesus has both blessings uh, for the cast aside and woes to those who are already blessed in their life. Uh, but this was clearly not a word that this young man had come across before in his time because he looked down at that and then he started again and he went, but wow to you who are rich for you have received your consolation. And God bless the church. There was a little trickle of <laughs> laughter that went through the room, uh, but then they composed themselves and behaved and he finished out. Wow to you who are full now, for you will be hungry. Wow to you who are laughing now, for you will mourn and weep. Wow to you when all speak well of you, for that is what their ancestors did to the false prophets. And it was my opportunity to just walk right into that situation and say, you know, this is a text that makes me say a little bit of wow too, because what Jesus meant with woes greets us in our modern lives and all of our comforts with a bit of wow as well. I'm always grateful for that young man and the joy and the laughter that he brought into our space uh, on that morning. God blessings on yours. One last round of memes and tweets. Uh, church where two or more, but less than 10, are gathered. Uh, church staff and volunteers trying to calculate how and why uh, no church buildings plus no in-person meetings plus quarantine equals twice as much work. And here are uh, social distancing baptisms. You can sign up now on our app uh, if you need one. One grim reaper says to the other who's carrying a wad of toilet paper, uh, seriously? Some truths are invincible even against COVID-19. So when you're live streaming church, you folks are still sitting in the back of your living rooms, aren't you? Yeah. I can see that. The more things change, the more they stay the same. And Pastor Glenn Hoskins from Pear Blossom Community Church uh, tweeted this meme of Pharaoh seeing us all freaking out over just one plague. Please. And they closed the 2020 edition of Bright Sunday with another true story. This time from pastor, author, and all-around amazing storyteller, Tony Campolo. In his book, Let Me Tell You a Story, Tony writes this. When it comes to being led by the Spirit, sometimes there's a lot of fun to be had. Several years ago, I was invited to speak at a Pentecostal college near Eastern College where I teach. I love going to this little school because people there seem to be so in touch with the power of the Holy Spirit. Before the chapel service, several of the faculty members took me into a side room to pray with me. And I got down on my knees and six of them put their hands on my head and prayed for me asking that the Holy Spirit would fill me up and use me effectively as I spoke to the students that day. Well, Pentecostals, he says, seem to pray longer and with more dynamism than we Baptists do. These men prayed long, and the longer they prayed, the more they leaned onto my head. They prayed on and on and leaned harder still. One of them kept saying, do you feel the Spirit? Do you feel the Spirit? And to tell the truth, I, I felt something right at the base of my neck, but I wasn't sure it was the Holy Spirit. Anyway, one of the faculty members prayed at length about a particular man named Charlie Stoltzfus. And that kind of ticked me off. I mean, I thought to myself, if you're going to be leaning on my head, at least you can do is be praying for me. But he prayed on and on about this guy who was about to abandon his wife and his three children. I can still hear him calling out, Lord, Lord. 
Don't let that man leave his wife and children. Send an angel to bring that man back to his family. Don't let that family be destroyed. You know what I'm talking about, Lord. You know who I'm talking about, Charlie Stoltzfus. He lives down the road about a mile on the right-hand side in a silver house trailer. And, and I'm thinking to myself, Tony says, uh, with some degree of exasperation, I, I think God knows where the guy lives. What do you think God's doing, sitting up in heaven saying, uh, wait a minute, uh, let me get a pen. Um, give me that address one more time. Well, following the chapel talk, I got back in my car and I headed home. And I was getting on the Pennsylvania Turnpike when I saw a young man hitchhiking on the side of the road. So I stopped and picked him up. And yeah, yeah, I know you're not supposed to, but hey, I'm a Baptist preacher. And whenever I can get someone locked into a space where I can preach to him, I'm going to do that. Anyway, as we pulled back onto the highway, I decided to be polite and introduce myself. Hi, my name's Tony Campolo, I said. What's your name? He says, oh, my name's Charlie Stoltzfus. I didn't say a word. I simply drove down the turnpike, got off at the next exit, turned around and headed back. Hey, hey wait a minute, mister. Uh, where are you taking me, he asked. I'm taking you home, I said. Why, he asked. Because you just left your wife and three children, right? Uh, uh right, right? Well, he starts leaning against the passenger door the rest of the way and just staring at me. So I drove down the turnpike and then off onto a side road straight to his silver house trailer. When I pulled into his driveway, uh, he looks at me with astonishment and asks, uh, how did you know that I lived here? God told me, I said. And I kind of believe that God did tell me. I think God may set up things like this just for fun. I mean, if you're God, right, and you're probably having a, a pretty sad time of it looking down on all the things that are going on around in the world, and I can imagine God nudging Peter and saying, hey, Pete, Pete, <laughs> watch this. So I told Charlie, you get into that house trailer because I want to talk to you and I want to talk to your wife. So he ran into that mobile home ahead of me. And I don't know what he said to his wife, but when I got into the house trailer, her eyes were as wide as saucers. I sat down and I said, I'm going to talk and you're going to listen. And boy, did they listen. During the next hour, I led both of them into a personal relationship with Christ Jesus. And today, Charlie is a Pentecostal preacher down south. Because when the Spirit leads... There are all kinds of surprises in store for us. Amen. Well, and there you have it, friends. We all need to laugh. And the church gives us Bright Sunday right here in the midst of this global pandemic. So stay at home when at all possible. Check in on your friends and loved ones. And make sure you spend some time with God. Along the way, may all of us find more time to laugh. All God's people said, amen, amen.